When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of A Pod of Two Halves. We are back after, well, we're in the middle of England duty. England duty is incredibly dull and boring. <laughs> and I've messed up several words in the intro, but I don't care, I'm going to barrel on. I'm going to barrel on. I'm here with Lee. How are you enjoying England duty? Yeah, very good. You know, I was enjoying my steak watching the game and fortunately we've had to cut away from it. But uh, yeah, I'm all good. That's because we're currently, we're, as we're recording this, we're playing against the highly ranked Kosovans, who uh, me and Lee have a bet on. If we win by four clear goals, pound comes in your boy's pocket. Yeah, I was hoping Kosovo were going to be a little bit more dangerous than, uh, than maybe uh, they're just coming to fruition right now. Well, it's 3 1 so far. It's 3 1 so far. And in fact, Woods told us about the third goal. I did indeed. There he is. I'm here. I'm How here. How are you, my friend? I, I'm very, very good. Um... It's weird, isn't it? These international windows. This is the worst one as well, like by far. We're like four games into the Premier League season and then everyone's off to international break and it just breaks everything up. Although, as I said on the last podcast, not the worst time in the world for Chelsea to have an international break when all of our players are injured. This is true. This is true. Lots of hopes and dreams rest on these young Chelsea souls and we're hoping that, well, they fail for the rest of the season because it'll be funny for me and Lee. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> have you just out of interest have you seen because um, obviously we're at that time of year where uh, football games are being released so obviously you boys have uh, acquired uh, Pro Evolution Soccer 2019 is that what it's called 2020 2020 Jesus Christ uh, old man uh, yeah <laughs> uh, but uh, obviously FIFA uh, I think the demo came out FIFA 20 uh, demo uh, but the, <laughs> the ratings play ratings are out and um, other than N'Golo Kante who obviously is Chelsea's best player on uh, 89 overall the rest of it is comically bad like no one's being Chelsea online like no one I remember when I think it might have been FIFA maybe FIFA 13 or something like that where Chelsea were like the team to be because you had some absolute monsters on there yeah yeah, and even going back further, obviously, uh, at one point, obviously, Manchester United would have been the, the team to be stacked full of talent. This is literally what we were saying the other day, weren't we? I yeah. said, I'm intrigued to see how the Man United team is going to be portrayed this year in the games because other than Pogba, who they can probably they will have to continue rating highly, who after that? Save your Davy, mate. <sighs> He's on the decline, mate. Now, do, well, would you like to know what else is on the decline? Now, on. There's something else on the decline. And that's Lee's opinion of football. Yeah? <laughs> you may remember on last week's show that he, he, he predicted that Bulgaria would give us a game. <laughs> that was tinged I mean, with, to uh, be you know, fair, sarcasm, mate. Tinged with sarcasm. To be fair, <laughs> they did play us at a game. So in, in, in theory or in practice, his words are accurate. They did actually give us a game of football. It was a very easy game of football, but a game nonetheless... Just, just a quick one on that. Speaking of accuracy, now, we on the show, 
we on a pod of two halves are always striving to be as accurate and as, as correct as we possibly can. Now, you may remember in the first episode, we introduced a concept known as the Time Master. And that was Lee Collard's <laughs> duty to keep us on track, keep us on time and keep us, keep us flowing in the right direction. Never veering too far, of course, out of our allotted time slots. How As many he looks seconds? at the time slot. How many seconds do I have left? Twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. Oh, I can get it done in twenty seconds. So, he's got a new role. What is his role, Woods? Please tell the people at home. Well, Lee, Lee has been promoted to producer. So, is it producer Lee or producer Collard? <laughs> what title oh, am I am I am I taking here? I mean, yeah, I guess we go producer Collard. We don't want to call him by yeah. his, his, his his regular name, producer Collard. Upgraded to Time Master. He will, though, uh, people, listeners from around the world, he will retain his timekeeping skills in his new role as producer Collard. But his main thing is making sure he's sitting in the right chair and also telling me exactly what to do. That's that's the key. And Ole, what's that? He's got the he's got the finger wagging to get into the next segment. Now I said that we we mentioned Bulgaria. We mentioned the fact that England are playing Kosovo right now. I, I've got an update. Last week. Uh, update. Up score. Does score. Have a goal already? It's, it's five one. Oh no! <laughs> There's oh, the pound. Oh, no. The pounds coming your boys' way. Did you tell me they scored two goals since we've like literally started recording? Uh, yeah, yeah. Jaden Sancho's bagged two in like two minutes. Excellent. This this also ruins all my all my work that I've put into you know my, my notes here you know for, for for the you know the pod today you know in terms of you know England. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. We'll get into that in a second. I've lost where I was. What was I talking about? You were about? taking us to Bulgaria. Bulgaria? Oh, no, I was saying, yeah. I mentioned last week, I do not care. This and is true. thus, I did not watch the game. So it's up to you boys to fill me in and fill you know, people back home in on what happened. I'm going to start with, who shall I start with? Oh, Leo Woods. I'll Leo Woods. Go to producer Collard. I'm going to producer Collard. <laughs> And, and the time master in keeping. <laughs> For hey? goodness' sake! Um, yeah, England. Um, well, I think you've done well to uh, to miss to miss this one. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a procession. It was not as I uh, said with sarcasm, by the way, last week that you know we were going to get a game off Bulgaria, but you know uh, they they turned up and didn't really do too much. Uh, they well they sat deep and they proceeded to uh, give us goals basically um, in terms of penalties and mistakes at the back. Uh, Kane, he's come away with a hat trick, and yet uh, I don't really know how he's done that. Like in terms of, didn't really do much in the game. Um, so yeah, that was that was a bit bewildering. But he um, he did take himself up to twenty five goals now for England, and I think he's obviously scored tonight as well. He has. Um, I was going to put a little question out there to you to you boys: Is he going? Is he going to get that record? Yes, absolutely. Is he get Rooney's record. He's going to easily make it as well. Yeah, this is because I was doing a bit of calculation in my head, you know, in terms of the two next qualifying. Because he should be playing. Wait, are you next... saying producer Collard is also a mathematician? <laughs> oh yeah, I am. Wow, okay. I've done the numbers. Down, I've crunched the numbers, and I believe <laughs> <laughs> I have crunched those numbers, mate. Um, two more qualifying campaigns. He should be getting what eight to ten goals. Well, if he's playing the likes of Bulgaria, mate, yeah, <laughs> he scored exactly. six in four. So. You know, and this is that's what I mean. I'm giving and, maybe and with Lee's match. How many games would he play in a qualifying campaign? I think it's ten in this one. So where you go, Lee? Yeah. So well, there's that. So I think he's got two more campaigns. You know, definitely where he's playing. Probably what 
dozen friendlies in there and then maybe whatever we get in terms of like you know the tournament you know probably we don't know if you can score as many in the tournaments but yeah I think he's well on his way um, international friendly League of Nations will he <laughs> yes, score yeah. as many in tournaments literally won the golden boot last summer yeah but they were penalties though weren't doesn't they? matter literally Mate, all his goals matter. against Bulgaria were penalties <laughs> bar one <laughs> But, you know, oh, and I've got another question for you, talking about penalties, because we, we, we appreciated Kane's penalty oh. taken. You know, he is clinical, he's emphatic, but he's not the best. He is not the best in Europe. Who is the best penalty taker in Europe? In terms of playing in Europe, he's not actually European, so I've given you a clue there already. Oh, no, I was going to go um, for the geezer at Palace, but... I'm, that's who I was going to go for. He, he's top 10, I think he's number oh, three. he's thrown me. Absolutely thrown me because I don't believe it's I don't believe it's been messy because I, I'm you, you're laugh oh mate it's definitely it's not, not messy, messy. <laughs> he misses loads doesn't he, he? does uh, I, you know what he stumps me um, who is it yeah Joe Bentaleb what you know that geezer that played for Tottenham that time like for like a five minutes yeah so he's now he, he plays for Schalke mate and he's got yeah, really he's taken in uh, Europe wow yeah there you go. A little bit off topic here because we've been talking about England uh, and not Bentaleb and his penalty. All our listeners skills. can go away, talk to their friends, come up with this stat from producer Collard. You're welcome. <laughs> exactly, but um, yeah, back back on the game, you know, it was a procession. I'm sure Woods will go into it um, maybe in a bit more detail. But the only worry that I took away from the game, and I think we had highlighted in the opening moments of today's game, is that is that defence. Um, he's decided to play Michael Keane both games and. Yeah, exactly. Woods is pulling his mouth there, he's gritting his teeth, and I'm in the, I'm in the same boat. Um, and also, I feel that full-backs as well, I feel, I feel we were a bit weak in that area, um, especially left-back. Yeah. Maybe not so much right-back, because obviously we've actually got quite a few players. Can I just come in very quickly? Go on. You've said this word twice now, and I have no idea what it means. What, what's a procession? You know, it's a procession, you know, it's just easy. You know, like, you get, well, like, I, a, like a parade. I've just Googled procession. And it says, procession is a change in the orientation of the rotational axis. Are you spelling it wrong? How are you spelling it? <laughs> no. That's no. precession. That's what you say. You're saying precession. No, it says procession. procession. There you go, the top one. It's basically... A number of people or vehicles moving forward in orderly exactly. fashion. We, that's literally what England did. We just went through the formalities of the game in terms of we had some bright moments. We took our chances. Bulgaria didn't really do much. They sat deep. That was it. Never doubt the producer, mate. Never doubt him. Well, if he says procession and not procession or the other way around, because he was or, I can't wait to listen back to this, by the way, because, you know, <laughs> if, if he's right, I'm going to be annoyed. Well, the, just, first, one, I was, uh, the first one he said it and I was like, huh? <laughs> and then he said it again. And I was like, hang on, I'm, I'm Googling this one now because he just, must have said Just that. what's happened is Mikey zoned out for about three minutes and basically Googled what this means. <laughs> That's how little he cares about the Bulgaria game. Care. Look, I'll give you some, give you some numbers. Look, when it comes to Euro qualifiers and World Cup qualifiers, England are now unbeaten in their last forty-two, which is ridiculous. Uh, Thirty-three wins and nine draws, not bad at all. But when it comes to qualifiers, I think we've kind of got a history. Even back under Capello, it was a, a cakewalk for us to to just get to the tournaments. It was usually when we got there that we'd struggle, but. At this moment in time, uh, I think that tonight with the goals by, by Kane and Sterling, they've both got six apiece in those four games. That's ridiculous. Raheem Sterling... Good numbers for the forwards. Raheem Sterling, uh, uh, thanks to Pep Guardiola, is, is genuinely that, we talk about it, world-class level now. Well, he was a class above on the pitch, wasn't he? Yeah, on Saturday? absolutely. He's, he's in- is he better than Salah then, yeah? Yes, I, I genuinely believe he's better than Salah. And I know Liverpool fans don't listen to this because we absolutely <laughs> savage them every week. But um, if they did, they probably like 
fuming about this, but I genuinely believe Raheem Sterling's a better player than than Mo Salah. Um, he scored a header tonight as well. Yeah? Don't yeah. see don't see Salah score too many headers. <laughs> but that's not his game. I, I know. I'm just uh, tongue in cheek on that one. But look, I genuinely, um, I said this. Um, I think after after the World Cup last year, um, and I, we're, we're winning the Euro 2020 next year. Um, it's, it's happening. Football's coming home. Finals at Wembley. Can't wait. The streets are going to be buzzing. Can't wait. Can't wait. It, 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 genuinely, though, when you kind of look at our team as it is right now, um, in Sterling and Kane, you've got a partnership that's as good as anything that's in Europe, right? In terms of goal-scoring potential and, and winning games. And- and you've got Ad Sancho, who's absolutely he's, again, hit, he's hit back the, too uh, tonight. He's, he's already off and running in yeah. this season. Um, and I mean, you, you're right. The centre halves are a bit of a concern. As is, how did you know that I was coming in to say <laughs> centre halves? Um, I'd like to see Joe Gomez get back to it. Um, I think before his injury with Liverpool, he looked uh, set to make. Uh, that starting place his own. Um, he's obviously a calm player on the ball. And obviously, we've got the world's most expensive centre half to play next to him. Um, you know, all jokes aside, Harry Maguire is a good centre half to have in there. He's just now an experienced uh, international footballer who will be playing high level competition at Manchester United, although it's the Europa League this year. But <laughs> <laughs> my, my biggest concern, I, I also think our fullbacks will be fine because we've got Trent Alexander Arnold, who's one of the best right backs in. Left back? I, I like Ben Chilwell. I think he's fine. Uh, I think he's fine. See, I'm a bit, I'm a bit more iffy. Yeah, so, and that, that, that's fine. I, I can appreciate and Danny that. Rose as well. He's not. Uh, yeah, not not for me, mate. I, I've already touched on Danny Rose. I think he's finished. Um, <laughs> my biggest concern is the goalkeeper. For what it's worth, ah, oh, not 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 Pickford. Yeah, Pickford. He worries me a lot. Um, I'd rather have Nick Pope in goal, but I, I think with Pickford, I think if he matures, which there's been signs of that this there season, has, a, yeah. a blight only four games in. You know, I'll be looking to see how he does against uh, Newcastle away this year to see, you know, how much maturity he's progressed uh, or maturity has progressed. Um, but I feel, honestly, I, maybe it's because I watch Everton a lot, and I don't mean to say that you boys don't, but he, he, he when it, when it's on t- when he's on top of his game, he, his distribution is, is second to none, and it, I don't think he'd be matched other than you know maybe Allison and and Edison. Um, which I don't think Nick Pope has, and which Southgate wants in his that team. That is fair. No, and that, that and that is very fair. I, I guess I, I do get your concerns, though. I guess the thing with with, with Pickford, if he can kind of um, improve his consistency on his distribution, that would be a key thing. Because at times mm-hmm. when I've watched him for England, the ball's going out of play more than it should do. Um, he has those games. He does. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, I, I I I completely appreciate why Southgate will pick Pickford above the other options available to him. Because you're completely right. He wants to play football uh, the modern way, which does require goalkeepers to have a bit about them with the ball at the feet. And I think that Pickford, out of all of the goalkeepers available, is that guy. Um, but it, it is that kind of defensive area that's a bit of a concern. I think Declan Rice is obviously settling in quite nicely into the setup in that more defensive area. I, I saw links again with Manchester United today. I don't know how you personally feel about that, Mikey. I, I don't care. <laughs> Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're giving up on Man United already. In- no, I, I, I mean, in, just in terms of the player, do, do, do you rate Declan Rice? Do you not? Rate- I, 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 I do rate him. I think he's a very good player. But um, if he comes to play for Man United, he'll be he'll be awful. So uh, you play ah. next to Pogba, who won't give him so any protection. Do you think protection. this is going to happen with Maguire then? Um, Maguire is just going to be sitting there with a sinking ship mate around him. 
What's happened? No. It was four games Bradley, in. He's broken. Bradley putting his head above the water. And, um, We're four weeks right. removed from Manchester United beating Chelsea 4-0. What's happened here? Because every other team in the league have gone, oh, wait a second, we only have, you only have one way of playing and that's counter-attack. Have the ball. We've got the second highest uh, possession stats in the league this year. And the only game this season where we've had less than 50%, we won 4-0. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's an interesting point. It was- Literally, we've got one way of playing, mate, and there's no plan B. It's just a waste of time. Like, I watched one game, the Chelsea game, and I was like, eh, that's looking all right. The last three, mate, have been fucking dog shit because the teams just go, huh, have it, because you can't do anything with it. Classic Mikey turning turning the England discussion into all about Manchester United again. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Let's yeah, get yeah. some positivity going then. All right, let's talk some positivity. Let's right? get positive. So one of the things, obviously, with the international break, there's there's many things that happen. One of the things is, obviously, I get bored stiffless and... It's just a waste of time, isn't it, essentially? But Getting all excited things, for the Man United. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? There are things in our past, as, as children, as kids, as young adults, as teenagers, that we look upon fondly when it comes to the three Lions. And uh, we've got a little bit of a question for the three of us in terms of what are your favourite three England memories? Now, we who, are expecting to share some memories here. Exactly, we're going to share some memories. As in, as in we're going to have the same ones. Well, exactly, yeah. My guess um, is... We will at least have two of each other's on our three. Yeah, I feel like I've cheated a little bit on my one. What, why, why is that? How? Because I've gone for like a, a bit more of a generic... I, I'll open up then. So yeah, one of my no, favourite yes. moments as, as an England fan uh, is Euro 96. So obviously with Euro 96... As a whole! No, the whole thing! <laughs> no, this is... <laughs> You're about no, to reel off all of my favourite moments. My top three is like, yes, my one uh, third favourite moment, the entire tournament in 96. I kid you not, I've literally got three moments within this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Fire, fire one of yours at me and I'll see if it's in one of my... Fire one of yours, because I'm guaranteed you're going to have a Euro I'm going gi- to give you the ones that are outside of my top three because I... I, I, I don't have a single Euro 96 one. Oh my God. Wow. Wow. Um, you, what's wrong with you? I guess the three that you have uh, Pierce against Spain penalty Holland versus England 4-1 and Gaza's goal against Scotland yeah you've got a clean sweep a clean sweep yeah I mean they, I, hey, you could literally put them all in the top three I've only got one it was a great summer wasn't oh it was it? so good what was your favourite then what was your favourite out of those three moments? out of those three I've gone Gaza's goal against Scotland because at that moment um, so it's the second game of the tournament uh, we drew the first game, disappointing as well. Pressure on our back. Obviously, we had the whole situation with Gaza doing the, the dentist chair in Thailand, I think it was, while they're on a pre-tournament tour or social, as it was. Um, <laughs> we've taken the lead through Shearer. Um, McAllister's then had a penalty incredibly saved by Seaman. And it seems that literally the next moment... The ball is basically up the other end. Gaza is humiliating Colin Hendry, lifting the ball effortlessly as he sees Henry collapse to the ground and then just smashes it in the bottom corner and then has the wherewithal to go to the goalkeeper's post, lays down and gets a dentist chair from Sheringham. It's just like, that is peak Gaza. It never got better. I know people say about 90 and all that. Fuck that. This was peak Gaza at that moment. It never got better after it. It was incredible. 
Also, so, the most important thing, it was against fucking Scotland. They have to live with that forever. Every <laughs> Scottish person we know would have seen that moment and it would have killed them. It would have crushed them because they would have had to sit there and gone, that's fucking incredible. I, 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 I'm loath not to agree with him then. I can't to, to, argue. Sum, to, to narrow down my Euro 96. I mean, I, I do love that. It's one of my favourite goals, though, with Sheringham to Shearer against Scotland. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Um, but okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with Woods and I'll take that as my Euro 96 moment then. So I didn't put any Euro 96 moment on there because I couldn't pick one. Because uh, yeah. realistically... So you should have cheated like me then. Well, I didn't want to cheat like <laughs> the you. The entire so I tournament. I, would, I thought I would just admit it all together because if I, pick, if I pick that goal, then I can't pick, you know, I can't pick the Dennis chair. You know, I, I can't... Mm. The Stuart Pearce penalty, the fucking, the, the emotion... Do you oh, know what I mean? The emotion. The emotion. I, I, I remember as a kid what, when, I was, when I saw that, I, it, you know, it overwhelmed you. You know, it was just like, come on, fucking England. You know, it really got the entire. Oh, it was amazing. Absolutely so, amazing. So, so tell me then one of yours then that is better than one of those moments. One of mine is the Beckham free kick yeah. against Greece. Yeah. It's featured on my list. Yeah, that's, that's on my list as well. It's my favourite ever player doing something that literally... Redemption almost it's, as it's, well. You know what I mean? Redemption. Absolute redemption. You know, the fact that he'd had a thousand attempts that day and Sheringham <laughs> yes. was like... It was all Sheringham wanted it, didn't he? was just like, I'm fucking having this. And Beckham's just like, no, you're not. I'm going to plumb this in, mate. Perfect. Oh. We were so bad that day. The thing is, is that Beckham didn't have a great game, but he did put in an absolute shift on that. Um, he was a bit man possessed, wasn't he? He was, and it was like you say, it was a proper redemption moment um, from from '98 because you know he had the armband given to him at this point, right? He was captain, um, and he put the it's the it's the all white kit. It is the all white kit. Um, Old Trafford, right? Because we were Correct. Wembley was knocked yep. down at the start of that qualifying campaign. Uh, yeah, I mean that moment made him a mega star. He went from being David Beckham's superstar to mega star in that one single moment. Um, it, it certainly made him an awful, awful lot of money. <laughs> so who's next? Who wants to go next? Uh, so Woods, have you kind of had one? Have so we agreed with the Euro 96 one? Yeah, though? so I've got, I mean, I've, I've, Beckham was actually, because I did put them one, two, three. Um, Beckham was actually my number one, because like Mikey, um, I grew up as David Beckham being my hero. Um, so, so like when he did that, obviously it's it lives with me. Gazza was number two. Um, I'm going to give you some that didn't make it, and then I'm going to get to my number three. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so obviously Stuart Pearce, as we said, um, England versus Colombia. This from last summer. Um, just because seeing England win a World Cup penalty shootout, the whole tension, the fact that. Jordan Pickford maybe had one of the greatest saves of all time. Oh. That's completely forgotten about in a heartbeat because they went and scored from the corner. Like, I couldn't believe the save that he pulled off there. And I still don't think I've seen a replay of it. It's one of those that no, just basically disappeared exist, forever. Um, it was glorious. So that was a great moment. The only thing that lets that down is that it was Eric Dyer that scored the crucial penalty and he was fucking dreadful when he came on the pitch. He tried to lose us that game. Um, <laughs> he was. I've got Rooney versus Croatia because in that moment against Wayne Rooney, uh, against Croatia, Wayne Rooney basically made me believe we were winning Euro 2004. I've literally, you've literally taken the words out of my mouth. I was exactly the same. It made it fourth on my list. It just narrowly yeah, missed out. It, 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 again, yeah, just like you and I, I think we've got like pretty similar opinions. And then I've got Kieran Trippier against Croatia because similarly, when he scored against Croatia that free kick, there was a genuine belief that 
we're actually going to do this. We're actually going yeah. to go to a World Cup final. Um, even, even me by then, I, I was, you know, <laughs> I was starting to point. believe. But uh, my number three moment, um, England five, Germany one, because I can't even fathom that England managed to win a game in Germany against the Germans 5-1. I remember an advert for, for years before that, and it was kind of like, um, I'm trying to think it was a Carlsberg one, where it was kind of like um, this ideal world and on the tv in the bar it was like um england were five nil up against germany and it was like jimmy hill was like i i, I don't I don't know what we've seen here it's kind of like i remember yeah, that yeah. yeah and then it literally fucking happened and the thing is with this one the thing is is much like the the, the gaza moment against scotland is that the germans got pumped in their own backyard and i don't give a fuck what happened since because that happened and they have to live with it wonderful <laughs> and the, the classic even heskey scored <laughs> with the celebration with the to celebration boot well. to boot as well yeah I mean what an incredible moment what an incredible moment I mean the, the sad thing about this is going from Gaza to Beckham um, and basically my top three all happened in the space of five years and that yeah. that goes back to 2001 and it is two, or 2019 now it's 18 years <laughs> my highlights of being an England fan peaked 18 years ago I was 15. So like, it's kind of sad in a way. What about, so what even, so 2004, so you, I mean, I know you obviously narrowed it down to three, but the 2004 as well, I did, I did enjoy that summer because I, again, as we touched upon, I genuinely started to believe, especially after that Croatia game. I mean, had, and we would have won, mate, if he hadn't got injured. Yeah, absolutely. The, 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 him breaking his foot on Paolo Ferreira, I think it might have been, um, which was annoying because obviously it was one of, Chelsea's players that it happened I, I was in a bar in Cambridge when we played Portugal and I basically lost my vision when was it Sol Campbell scored and disallowed, disallowed yeah and I remember yeah. the whole place went fucking bananas <laughs> and then I kind of cleared the alcohol from my eyes and I'm seeing Portugal racing the other way and I'm like grabbing my mates going what the fuck is going on why and yeah and then at full time when because um, this is we, we're going to get to it but like worst moments um, when when Ricardo took that penalty took his fucking gloves off took his fucking gloves <laughs> off and took the penalty and it was like oh no fuck this and pint glasses went fucking everywhere in that pub it was ridiculous absolute chaos in there um gutted i still believe we should have won that tournament still believe now it's it's the what that is the one that got away but yeah that's why i, I, there's, I couldn't other more. than wayne rooney and against croatia it's hard to pick a, a highlight like we should have dicked france in game one again another forgotten moment david beckham missed a penalty in that game did he yeah we should have gone two nil up and Beckham missed the penalty. It's, it's completely lost in history that in that game because obviously people remember uh, Gerard's back pass and uh, the penalty, right? And, That's what I remember. Zidane That's having a little, pass little sick, a classic Gerard, if you may say yes. so. But yeah, my my top three moments: Beckham versus Greece, Gaza versus Scotland, and England five one. Have you said yours, Lee? Oh, well, my other one was said. I've got one more left because well, I had Beckham. I've got two then, yeah, so. so you fire away with uh, one. I've got uh, the Beckham penalty against Argentina. Yeah, Ooh, obviously yeah. The, the the redemption from France '98, and when he scored that, we're penalty, giving him a lot of redemption. He's my favourite player, and like again, 2002, pretty much peak Beckham mm. there, you know. And it's like it was an awful penalty. Pochettino gave it away. Yeah, he yeah, did. yeah. Delicious. Um, it was an awful, awful, 
awful penalty. Really one of the worst penalties you're likely to see. But it was... I remember watching that with you, Lee, and, uh, and Rob and a few other people. Was there, and Rob's living room, I believe. And... Um, yeah, it, See, was, it was incredible. I, 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 we've, we've spoken about this quite recently. I always remember working together and we had that newspaper cutting from, uh, from the sun and it had all the Argentina players lined up uh, with handbags. <laughs> uh, and the idea was that we, we, had, we had a darts board, so we ended up putting it over the darts board <laughs> and then we were shooting darts at the Argentinian players. Amazing. That's my memory of yeah, that. That's the, I, re- that's I remember this game for, for that reason, but also in the studio afterwards... Ian Wright was so fucking hyped about how England had played. He literally said, "If because Hanson, I think, was downplaying it, and he turned to him and said, because he was saying how well England had played, and he turned to him and said, if Brazil had played like that, you'd be creaming. And, <laughs> and, and, and Lineker's face went, I, I, I think you mean screaming, right, Ian? And it's like, it's just, I don't know why that just lived with me, but it's just, it was peak. Is that on YouTube? Is that available It, it may well be, it may well be, but. I mean, it might be one of those things where it, it doesn't exist anymore. Do you remember, mm. do you remember Mark Lawrence oh, with. Cannot um, find it. With Daniela De Rossi. He's a buffoon He's a buffoon. He's a buffoon Can't De Rossi. find it anywhere. Yeah. Doesn't exist, That's a great Doesn't moment. exist. Um, go on then, what's your... Well, I've kind of cheated, but um, as producer Collard, I'm allowed to do that, you see. Um, so whilst it's not my best memory, it's kind of almost one of my favourite memories. And that is Euro 2016 and the loss, the game to Iceland. <laughs> now, I know it's probably a bit baffling, but the, my, my logic and my thinking is that it was just fucking hilarious how bad we were. And... And, you, uh, Woods, I don't know if I've ever shown you this, mate, but I will definitely show you this. And we'll try, hopefully we'll link it up after the game. We'll put it out on, um, on Twitter or something. But that, that Cholton fan who's watching oh, the game... Yes! And he's just, he, he's just he's having a meltdown because he can't believe what he's seeing. Yeah. And he just he, he puts it in, a, in, in just a beautiful way that it's just so comic. The, the, the timing is, just, is wonderful. Um, and and yeah, so um, it, and it also that, that's si- the uh, my season's been shit, and now my summer's shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can bunch of cats, absolute cats. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, and also that kind of um, signified a kind of maybe a, a turn in what we needed as a. That was probably the lowest point I've ever experienced as an England fan. So in a way, to pull it in a positive spin, there was only one way up from that, and we kind of slowly are getting there. Um, no more Joe Hart. Joe Hart. Oh my God, he was dreadful in that tournament. It was fucking awful. And, you know, I'm so glad. You talk about Jordan Pickford. Just think, mate, it could be Joe Hart. This is fair. He was meant to be England's keeper for 15 years, right? (laughs) Exactly. So, um, so yeah, it was a slightly weird choice. My logic is that that was the worst, so therefore we can never get any worse than that. That is so Lee Collard, mate. (laughs) That is unbelievable. That one of his favourite moments is literally the worst moment in England history. (laughs) You wait till we get on the worst moments then, mate. (laughs) Well, I have one more best moment. Go on. Okay, so the year is 2012. The arena is the Friends Arena in Stockholm. It is Wednesday, November the 14th. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic has scored a hat-trick. I like it. He's he's gone gone right wing as well. (laughs) I prefer a heel turn rather than right wing. Um... Zlatan Ibrahimovic is a man, or was a man, much derided on these shores as a player that couldn't cut it in England, couldn't do anything in England, yeah? And uh, this is a man who is one of the most feared strikers in world football, won 
trophies everywhere he's gone, scored bucket loads of goals, has class, poise, panache, power, skill, technique. He's got everything. And yet England, stupid, stupid, brain-dead, knuckle-dragging England fans who sit there and say... And media. And the media, especially the media, to be mm. fair. Oh, I can't do it in England. It's not good, <laughs> it's not good in England. You ain't done it in the Premier League. The Premier League. Right. He rocks up and scores basically like a 30-yard overhead kick or whatever, however far out it was. Over Joe Hart. Over Joe Hart and mugs off the entire nation. It was beautiful because he is the man. And I spent a large portion of my life being you know, heartbroken by England. And at that point of the, of the England time that I had, I was very much fuck England, basically. I really was not a fan of the team. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved it beyond belief, basically. That, that's that's right. what I would say. We've got patriotic uh, woods over there, and then, and then you've gone completely, completely against us. I, 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 shall I admit something to you and, and Woods right now that I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit, but it makes me feel maybe it makes me more human. Yeah, more human. Go on. You know they did that Euro '96 documentary. Remember a few yeah, years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a big documentary, and all the and all the old players that played in that in that tournament came out and did this beautiful documentary on the BBC. I shed a tear at that, mate. Because that's how much England means to me, right? But there, but when someone breaks your heart too many times, it's a struggle to commit again. You love to see them being. And you love on. to see you love to see them get fucked over, basically. Exactly. And this does bring us on to our worst moment. So we, we, we are over the time, Lee. We're four minutes over the time for this. So segment. We'll, we'll move very swiftly, then maybe, but not too swiftly, because you know, swiftly. producer Collard has the, uh, the authority, the power, exactly the authority <laughs> to uh, to dictate. Okay. Um, um, well, I'm going to go first. Go I'm going to dictate because I just said something and mine's probably the stupidest one. So um, my worst moment as an England fan isn't the Iceland game. It isn't getting knocked out of tournaments. It isn't... Uh, what well, is kind of getting knocked out of tournaments. It's not losing a penalty shootout. It's not any of those things. It's a single moment from a single game and it's Gaz's miss against Germany where he slid for the ball. Oh. Where he slid oh. for the ball and he didn't quite connect. Because I, was, I, I watched that, that, that moment for me... Obviously, that's kind of pretty much, you know, one of the, pretty much the first tournament I ever probably watched. I think that was when I really fell in love. Obviously, I'd watched football beforehand. I, I, you know, I've said thing I've said on the show before. I watched the United Chelsea FA Cup final a, a million times. Everyone four 0 but this was the first England tournament I remember, and it was the first one I loved. I loved, and that moment was when I realised as a child. Oh, we, we, it, 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 it's, it's, oh, it's not coming home. It's not always. Good. It's not always good, and that was the moment it changed for me because I was, a, as you remember, I'm a Man United fan. We win and shit, you know. So and that was. So that's your first disappointment in football. My first, probably big disappointment in football was then, and that stuck with me ever since. That yeah. particular moment, you know, it's just horrible. It's excruciating, miss. Yeah, it still gets me now, man. Thinking about yeah. that one, I'm just I'm literally, what I'm literally that's now literally like bummed me out. Um, I've I've got a list of three, uh, but I'll go in reverse order. Phil Neville versus Romania. Um, uh, yeah, uh, gave away a penalty in the ninety something minute. Oh, it's such a clueless tackle. And generally, since that moment, since that one moment, I've hated Phil Neville, and I still fucking hate him till this day. He can fuck off by basically. Have you seen his comments this this week about how wonderful a manager he is? How he's been going talking glowingly about himself, right? And, and when he wakes up, he, uh, he sees the three lines on, he, on his shirt. It's like, what? So you wake up and you're, I've got an English like, shirt. Three on. lines, pyjamas, have you? 
<laughs> if I was the England manager, I would absolutely have free lines pajamas. I'm like, you. Yeah. you know, you get presidential but pajamas he... when you move into the White House. You know, you should get free lines pajamas and live inside a cave or something. Yeah. So that was for obviously Euro 2000. Um, mm. Then number two, we've already touched on it. Uh, the, the the Ricardo penalty against uh, England in 2004. But number one, now I'm going to change this slightly because the worst moment for me was Southgate's penalty. Because that obviously was the definitive moment. Oh, fuck. And I, I despise Southgate from that moment because I, I kind of feel that he ruined my childhood. Um, by Still to this day? No, because obviously he can't... He, he's talking about redemption again. Uh, he's he's, <laughs> won, he's winning us over. He's winning us over. <laughs> that waistcoat made yeah, one over. Uh, he did. Um, I think it was the documentary. I'm pretty sure... In fact, no, it wasn't even the documentary. Southgate spoke about it, I think, last summer about it, and you can kind of see how much it hurt him. It's the first time I realised that, really, that kind of... Bullshit! He did a fucking pizza commercial, right? (laughs) The next fucking summer, right? And cashed in, mate. He cashed Cashed in in on that bad boy. But I'm going to go... It was actually the moment after that. So I'm getting off Southgate's back. It was Andy Moller. Andy Moller roofed his penalty and then went and did his little prance over to the England fans celebrating that that is the worst moment as fan. That was. Uh, because there's nothing you can do about it um, they literally came to our country and shit on our parade wankers um, and football didn't didn't come on and then they had the audacity to sing our fucking song <laughs> fuck the Germans in the final as well yeah. I was, and it was a, such a dirtbag final as well mm. <laughs> Man, Mr. Collard. Um, yeah, again, slightly different and a really quite personal one in terms of the, the listeners won't probably be able to relate to it as much, but we have touched upon it before. Is it the time Andy Hinchcliffe, when he was a flying Everton player, got a cap? Uh, no, it was when the, my friends and then the country and then the media ruined what was probably or should have been one of my favourite moments ever. Unfortunately, uh... they, they, they killed it for me due to the, the, the turning of the tide and the jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, you know, I'm looking at you over there, Michael Carden Edwards. You know, you as one of those right, guys. Right, you're not talking anymore, right? I'm taking over this. <laughs> right, so the year is, when was it? 2018, obviously. <laughs> last, year, last year, right? Right, <laughs> the year is 2018. We've got a young, we've got a young England team. And I have mentioned on this show over the last course of that fucking however long, uh, 30 fucking, wow, we're quite far into this. Um, over the course of this show that I'm not, I, I, I fall out of love with England. Right. This summer, that well, last summer, they brought me back in. I became a believer again. I was positive about our national team. And I had a friend, right, who, a, a, a very close friend of mine, right, who did not get excited about the World Cup. Because he had it ruined for him. It ruined for him. <laughs> How dare these other English people cheer England on? It's, it's, <laughs> just just going to put it out here. Lee's, Lee's, one of Lee's favourite moments, England losing to Iceland. Lee's, <laughs> Lee's worst moment as an England fan, England getting to a World Cup semi-final. Wait, <laughs> did you read, did you read the, what the question was? Mate, it was one of my worst moments, mate. It's because you can do you know, get on board. Do, do you know, I, have to, I have to also touch upon it as well. Uh, the, what has encapsulated the whole, the whole thing was, was that fucking bet. Okay, Jamie Hannon not cashing out on that bet against Panama when we were like, you know, romping it away. You know, it's like, please, can you cash out, Jamie? You've got several hundred pound there. You know, that's that's a good sum of money. And, and, he, and he didn't. And he listened to you, Mugs. And whoa, 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 whoa. I was definitely telling him to get out on that. 
Okay, well, fair enough. Maybe, to, but there was a lot of people that wasn't, and you know, that's when I had to leave the group for a few days. You know, I had to, I had to, I had to walk away <laughs> to calm down. As I, you know, uh, can I just as my out, World Cup was being ruined. This guy rang me up, right, upset <laughs> about all of this, right, upset about it all because it affected him so much. And we weren't living together at the time. We weren't living yeah. together at the time. Yeah, there. Yeah, but yeah. So there you go. Let's. let's 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 move on, you know. England fan doesn't get excited by World Cup. <laughs> I am dumb because, because others are excited. Founded, dumbfounded by this 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 turn of events. I Mate, it was just the negativity in the media, and also yeah, it was just you know that we weren't going to do anything, and and then the I don't know, I just I have a, dis, a real dislike for English media, you know, especially the tabloids, and it was they they were the ones that pissed me off most, you know, the way obviously you know we didn't play the most fantastic football, but you could see there was progress leading up to the tournament and they just didn't want to recognise that and it, and it just pissed me off. I mean, the Friends is a bit more tongue-in-cheek, but the media, yeah, they... they, they, they Andy Marlon really... ruins my childhood. <laughs> I'm sure England fans started cheering on England where they weren't cheering them on beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's, he, producer Lee, is, or producer Collard, sorry, is waving me to go Correct to the next segment. Form. Waving me to go to the next segment, segment. Press the lap button, Lee, on the phone to signify. No, that is the new lap. The new lap. So on the show last week, boys and girls, I promised you a, a, a feature on Michael Owen where I read out his brand values. Now, I will give you a bit of background on this. So um, the <laughs> basically, there was a 32-page brochure designed to encourage his sale. Um, this was, I think, before he moved to Manchester United. So obviously it worked. You know, the, upper, the higher ups in Man United are fucking idiots and always have been. And so they went, wow, Michael Owen, 32-page glossy brochure. Wow, let's get involved in that guy. And I'd like to talk to you about this brochure. So first of all, before I get to the main event... Brochure. What's a brochure, mate? It's a brochure. <laughs> brochure. <laughs> You're talking about... Wait, 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 we're talking about it's this like later. It's fucking Mo with a car hose. <laughs> right. So first of all, I'd like to I'd like to uh, to read this particular page out. He has one page dedicated to his medical history, and it says M- Michael Owen Medical Review by John Green, B.Sc. Open brackets honors, little close brackets, M.C.S.P. H.P.C. Lot, that's a lot of letters there because this guy is a trained diagnostician. And it says, I was asked to see Michael Owen by David James in 2006. I had just rehabilitated Kieran Dyer from his hamstring problems. This culminated Newcastle receiving seven million for Kieran from West Ham United. Following Michael's return from cruciate ligament injury under my guidance, I treated Damien Duff and Dean Ashton, basically saying, look at all these elite level footballers I've treated. I know my way around injured players. And basically he goes on to say that he successfully treated Craig Bellamy. I now act as a consultant physiotherapist to all of the above mentioned players and has also worked with several other international players. The following are my thoughts on Michael Owen's so-called injury-prone status, a statement I consider to be nonsense. (laughs) His medical issues have more to do with questionable (laughs) advice rather than being an individual susceptible to injury. There's all that you need there. To, 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 to persuade someone to sign a player, because he's not injury-prone, Lee. He's not injury-prone. He's a player who's received questionable advice over the years. That's the key. There's one page. Now we've got another one here. Right? Um, as, a, as a testament to... Oh, sorry, I'll talk about the brand values in a second. Right? That's, that's my favourite part. He's also got a page here called The Opportunity. Yeah? 
and he's got a list of facts. List of facts on Michael Owen. Michael Owen is one of the most feared goal scorers in the world, with a career record for Liverpool, Real Madrid, Newcastle United and England of 243 goals in 433 starts, an average of 0.56 goals per game. Now at just 29, Michael will surely be out of contract and may consider a challenge away from St James's Park. And he's got there um, the, the, more on the opportunity. There's just his mental strength, physical, no, <laughs> his mental strength, powerful physique and natural sharpness should ensure that his phenomenal goal scoring record will continue in virtually any tactical formation. Although only scoring 10 goals in the 2008-09 season, his goal to opportunity ratio was the best in the premiership. He's, um... He's magnificent, essentially. Michael Owen is one of the most most successful and gifted strikers of his generation. Intelligent and respected, he is one of the leading ambassadors for the game. Michael boasts an impressive goal-scoring record for both club and country. Um, he's got a little Did picture. Did he not have an agent? He's got a picture here. I'm going to show it to Woods on the webcam. Can you? I don't know if you can see uh, that. It's in his Newcastle shirt, is it? Yeah. He's in a Newcastle shirt, and it just says the athlete, the ambassador, the icon. Um, so right. We're going to go to the brand values. This is where, this is where really, you look, you look at Man United at the time, we obviously signed the guy, and we look at what, what we're looking for in a player. What we're looking for in a player, and this is what we were looking for in a player. We've got Michael Owen brand values. Most professional sports people have limited appeal. Michael Owen scores in a wide range of categories and offers huge commercial benefits to whoever he plays for. Now, I'm going to read out, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 21 of these. Right, and I'm gonna read them out, and I want a one-word answer if you think Michael Owen matches this brand value. I like this game. Okay, right. <laughs> Fit and healthy. Nope. No. <laughs> First class. At his, yeah. at his, at 29 years old. Absolutely, 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 absolutely fucking not. No, 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 no way. No. <laughs> um, successful. What did he yeah. win? Nothing. No. Didn't he win a treble with Liverpool? Oh, uh, yes, yes, in 2001. This would have been 2000 and... Uh, oh, this would have been like seven, eight, yeah. nine. Yeah, oh, it's, oh, it's close enough, isn't it? Yeah, you know what? Fair play. Yeah, I'll, I'll go yes, because he did win a treble. And a few FA Cups as well. He did win... Yes. He scored, he, didn't he? He did. Won. It was the Owen, yeah, it was the Owen Cup it? final, because, yeah, he turned yeah, Arsenal exactly. over. Young. No. Is it, That's what? a brand value. It's just the word young. No. No. Dynamic. Not at that point, no. No. Fair enough. He, and he hasn't gotten more dynamic as well, has he? Let's be clear about he's, it. He's admitted this as well. Yeah. Committed. No. No, no. no. <laughs> not definitely not by this point, definitely. mate. But as soon as he's left Liverpool, mate, that's when he stopped being committed. Didn't he live in a hotel for the entire time of his Madrid stay? Exactly. And would, the, and would literally would kept to his English bedtime and things like that, right? He was jerking yeah, off to horses and, at this and point. Spanish. He's what? <laughs> Maybe he's committed to his horses, so maybe... maybe Com- yes, committed to committed. his horses. Yes, that's what I said. Sincere. Uh, judging by this... By this? No. <laughs> clean and fresh. Yes, yes, yeah. he does always he's look always quite clean. clean and fresh, yeah. I'll give him that. Yeah. The goal of him on this one, good looking. Average. I, I feel that Michael Owen back in like '98 through 2001, girls liked Michael Owen, but by the time we got to here, I don't think so. That's what I'm saying. He's solid. Solid. He's had the same haircut since, like you know, the yeah. entire time. Um, global. Spain and back. <laughs> I mean, 
travelled the world of England. The 98 goal, or not the 98, yeah. when did he score yeah, the goal? Yeah, it's 98, mate. It, yeah. The 98 goal did put him on it the did, stage. It did, it did. But he did in Paris. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> well, not in Paris, actually. It was, it was in France, but yeah. Enthusiastic. No, no. <laughs> Post-career, mate. Definitely not. So we know that's bollocks. If it's a horse, maybe. <laughs> Stylish. No. <laughs> that's just a no. He's no Beckham. Respected. Shearer doesn't respect him. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. It does sound like that. Not many people respected him. Yeah. Devoted. Uh, yes, so, which I'm going to say, I'm like, gonna say um, yes because didn't he committed. build it like a, a, a street of houses for his family to move close to him? And fair, a stable for his horses. Yeah, I mean, he fucking, fucking loves horses, his horses, mate. Charismatic. No, no. <laughs> no one's described Michael Owen as charismatic ever. Articulate. No. No. <laughs> right. Resilient. How is being articulate a, a benefit for a footballer at 29 years of age? If he does an interview about the club, they're like, hi, Michael, can you talk to us about Manchester United? And he's like, well, actually, I'm very articulate, so yes, I can. <laughs> that is fair. True point. That is fair. True. Um, resilient. He's come back not, from... Not against injuries. I, I'm going to say yes, because he has come back from those injuries. The fact that he isn't half the player he was before them is... Yeah. Instinctive. Yes. In front of God. He never lost that. Aspirational. Uh, not not based on his Newcastle term. No. Now, the last two are my favourite. Right? My last two are... My, well, not my favourite, because I do enjoy clean and fresh. That amuse me. But, um... Cool. So, Would you sorry, describe Michael the, the Owen The word as... cool is on this list. Yes. Fuck me. No. Such a bemusing list. It's so weird. Um, no, he's, he's not cool. And it, it, this is the reason why he's not cool, because he's got a fucking brochure or whatever we're calling it these great days. Great point. No cool man has ever made a brochure about themselves. And the last one, technical. What? Uh, is it as a footballer? In, in what? <laughs> I don't know. Because surely this can't be all based on football, because you can't be like a, a cool footballer, you know? Well, this is, I mean, this whole thing is... So this is like the, his personality. Yeah, this whole thing so must be to like... he's got a technical like, personality? Apparently so. Uh, apparently so. <laughs> but it's, that's, it's bewildering, you know. It's, 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 it's quite interesting. As I said earlier, what, you know, though, why has he got to have a brochure? Why doesn't he just send his agent out and say, this is, you know, you, you must have heard of Michael Owen, you know, he scored a few right. goals in his time. I've what gone wildly over time. Can I read you one more passage? I just, I just want to say, so this, this list here, Manchester United sat down and went, this is the player we want. So the, 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 yes. these match Manchester United's brand values. They've changed a bit, haven't they, those, those United brand values? Because now they just need a list. They go, can he dab? Yes or no? <laughs> does he have a... How many Instagram followers yes, does he have? Yes, exactly. You know? So the, 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 this is my, almost my favourite part. And this is the summary, the executive summary, right? In these difficult economic times, Michael Owen could be the best value signing of the summer following Newcastle's relegation from the Premier League. His, his belief in the potential management capabilities of his longtime friend, Alan Shearer, meant that he would probably have taken up the offer on the table to extend his contract at St. James's Park had the club stayed in the top flight. <laughs> what utter- in the circumstances and at the age of 29, Michael will now almost certainly move this summer and has a totally open mind regarding his next challenge. He is the ultra-professional. Never late for training. A great presence in the dressing room. Dressing room has a capital D and a capital R, by the way. 
popular with his teammates and backroom staff and a true ambassador of football. More importantly, he's hungry to be playing well and scoring goals. The past two seasons have been disappointing by Michael's high standards and he's now seeking the right opportunity to remind people why he was once crowned European Footballer of the Year. Ballon d'Or winner, mate. But even the way he summarised that... At the beginning, we know that's bullshit. So we know literally that the, the rest, of, we, we've called it out. You know, half of it is bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> Lee has some strong opinions on this one. I, I went over the time. I'm yeah. sorry. He said it was going to take him a minute. And I said, I'll give you five minutes. And he's come up with 11 minutes. Yeah. Well, the Time Master, sorry, producer, hasn't been cracking that whip, has he? Well, I wanted to hear about the brand value. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> See? Giving the people what they want, including Mr. Producer Conard. Um... I'm done talking about international football and anyone to do with international football, but there has been some quick news on the Premier League front with uh, with, with Watford and, and, and managerial appointment sackings and goings on. Yeah. Mr Woods, so, you're the man with the idea. So, so Watford are continuing their trend, um, which has actually served them well, um, of sacking managers and um, obviously just moving on to the next one. Um, I think this is kind of now... It's definitely a trend. Um, Gracia, uh, before that was Silva, correct? Yep. Uh, before that was um, Mazzari. And then obviously before that was now their new new manager, uh, Kiko Flores. Um, it's not been a good end of season, last season, and start of this season, uh, simply put, for Gracia. And uh, I think the writing's been on the wall for a while. Um, overall, in his tenure... Uh, I think he had a 32% win percentage, but a 46% loss percentage in the league. So it's not exceptional. Um, and I think that 6-0 dicking at Wembley by Manchester City, they don't seem to have got over that. And, and, and their, their bad form in the league at the end of the last season certainly carried through. Now, the thing with going back to Flores, I wanted to have a quick look at how he did the first time around because I think he was quite... It was disappointing that when he got moved on, wasn't it? I, I remember that. So he finished 13th in the league. A bit of uproar. Yeah. Um, 32% win percentage. So very similar to actually what Gracia has done and 45% loss percentage. So they're, they're very similar, Gracia and, and Flores, in, in their, their percentages. Uh, obviously, uh, Gracia got to a cup final, but um, Flores actually got to a semi-final in his one year there. Lost to Palace, who would then go on to lose to Manchester United. Uh, but up to Christmas, he had an exceptional... Um, Records. It just kind of fell away in the second half of the season, very similar to, in, in many ways, to what Gracia did last year. It just seems that they've replaced the same manager with the same manager in many ways. Since leaving Flores, I think, went to Espanyol, um, eighth his first season, 11th and sacked in April, the following one, and then he did a short stint in, in China. And he just to, just to add in the words, he, he produced exactly the same numbers as what, you know... Um, uh, Grassi is uh, producing for Watford and what he's produced in his previous yeah. you know to Watford as well he was like you know it's literally he won 26 drew 26 lost 27 at Espanyol you know yeah. it's like you, you're just as you it's said the it's literally guy. the same it's manager it's the same manager so obviously they're hoping for a bit of a spark because it, it does feel a bit dead at Watford they haven't looked good so far this season so they're probably hoping that they get a manager in uh, similar ilk I guess at least that means that the players that are at the club some of them he will obviously have already worked with and had a level of success uh, or mediocrity should we call it um, but also maybe able to bring in new ideas get the players listening again and maybe start to kick on their season because um, they, they really need to get themselves out of it now in many ways I, 
I feel for Gracia because had VAR worked, he would have got the three points against Newcastle and all of a sudden it feels a bit different, doesn't it? Uh, that he stopped the right, the move in the right direction, but VAR didn't do its job. Um, but in many other ways, it's worked for Watford this has, much like it has worked for Chelsea. Uh, obviously, their ambitions are completely different, but Watford have been securing mid-table uh, while rotating through these managers. So uh, it's not a great surprise. Uh, it's ve- a very Serie A Italian approach to uh, football managers uh, where they are expendable. Uh, they are ultimately coaches. They are not managers and, and it kind of continues. And Flores will probably see through to the end of the season. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll probably be okay, uh, just. And then he'll probably be gone and then he'll be the next guy back in. Um, this is what Watford do though, isn't it? As you said, they've got the history of doing even, it. It's like 11 in 8 yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, Jokanovic... Who obviously had the Fulham up? He got Watford up originally and didn't get a crack at it because they gave the job to Flores, right? They they seem to want this success that I, I'm not too sure is within their within their realms within their reach. Um, the the way they have their organisation is you know they've got Udinese, they've got Granada, and they've got this ridiculous like scouting network, and then they filter them into these clubs to eventually see if they're good enough for Watford. You know, well, Watford will be the end goal yeah. if they are good enough. Um, so in terms of they, they can do this, I think because the man, their, their signings are based on on the, you know the, the club itself and not the who the manager yeah, exactly. wants in. They, they, exactly. And that's so why I think they can get away with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I saw a lot of people were kind of um, frustrated with it, but no one should be that surprised by it. And ultimately, it has felt since the end of last season that this is the way it's been going for Watford and. I think it probably does need freshening up. Um, he he needed a good start. And he, he didn't, didn't get, get it at all. Um, in fact, he got obviously a dreadful start, really. Lee's just nudged me, but I can say it's 5-3. Hey, so my pound's back yeah. on. Pound's that's, that's back on. That's a ridiculous game. Five free, mate. See, three goals against Kosovo, mate. That's not good. It's not great, is it? That's not good. And I look forward to collecting my pound. Oh, well. <laughs> bully for you. Um... I, I'm not going to lie to you again. I haven't listened to a word any of you two have said about Watford. Watford are one of those teams where they change stuff all the time. I don't know any of their players. I don't know any of their managers. I really don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> that is Watford, mate. Do you like football, mate? Do you like football? Oh, I we know. do a football podcast, but sometimes I wonder. Well, you don't like England, do you? Well, as producer Collardy, you know, I could, I could get the axe out, mate. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> get the fucking axe out. Give over some. Right, we're going to go on to some predictions now. We'll, we'll wrap it through these, yeah. Well, we'll be fairly rapid, we I be guess. Rapid. So, on uh, half past 12 on Saturday, we've got Liverpool, fresh off of a 3 0 away victory at Burnley, playing Newcastle, who drew one all with the aforementioned Watford. There's only one winner in that. Yeah. Sign me up to Liverpool. I would suggest I'm all on the Liverpool train as well. And then we've got Brighton, who lost 4 0 to Manchester City, playing against Burnley, who obviously lost. 0-3 that's a, that's a tile game Brighton-Burnley is a terrible game Brighton are winning I think it's draw I think it's got a draw written all over it You say you think Brighton are winning? Yeah mm-hmm. I think Burnley have been Burnley have been good this year Solid Yeah you know They're never going to be Pulling up trees They're going to play the Burnley way uh, What Sean Dyche will probably argue strongly against long ball football and physical football but that is what they do they keep it tight at the back they're physical up front um, and in Ashley Barnes they actually have a player that's pretty lethal for what it's worth um, 
And Sean Dyche will hide the fact that his team shit houses a lot by basically saying loads of people dive and it's not fair. People need to stop diving. <laughs> Deflecting deflection tactics as learnt from Alex Ferguson, nearly, isn't it? Um, I'm going to go with Brighton as well. He could have killed him. He could have killed him. Could have killed him. Yeah. I'm going to go with Brighton as well. Uh, they've been good this year. Um, yep. Exolante. Then we've oh got Manchester United. Uh, I love Manchester United. Fresh off of a one-all draw with Southampton. That was a fun game, wasn't it? And they're playing Leicester City. Leicester ooh, City. Ooh. This might play into Leicester United's City. hands. You touched on it earlier. Leicester are going to have a lot of the ball. That is what they will do. Unlike those other teams they'll have a go at you, like, like other than Chelsea before that, who have you played? Southampton and who? Wolves. Uh, Palace. 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 Wolves, yeah, they kind of yeah. like give them the ball. Leicester will, will play football against you lot, um, which will leave holes open. Yeah, but I don't think we're good enough to exploit those holes. I'm going for a Leicester win. And I'm going to back you. Woods? I'm going to go Manchester United. I, I, I am as a Man United fan. I? <laughs> I, I, I think that Leicester are going to play into United's hands a bit and I think that they will take their opportunities. It's a big one for Harry Maguire. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, the big one will be at Leicester. Yeah, absolutely, but uh, the Leicester fans like him. They don't exactly, yeah. I don't think it's their... Uh, there's no hostility there. a lot there, of money from him. But it's a big game for him to go out and, and, and yeah, make a statement. Yeah. yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Um, then you've got Sheffield United off, uh, following a... A magnificent tool, uh, uh, tool oh, draw, Jesus sorry, Christ. at Chelsea. Yeah, that happened, didn't it? <laughs> it did happen, my friend. 2-0 down. Oh. Playing Southampton, who also drew with us. So, you know, what do you think? Sheffield United, Southampton. Sheffield. Yeah, Sheffield United. I'm going to have a draw myself. I'm still trying to get my head around this, this formation gimmick they have. So, I, 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 <laughs> I say I enjoy it. So, yeah, I'm going to go with, with Sheffield United on that one. Woods? Yes, Sheffield. Yeah, you went, you went, yeah Sheffield, Joe. Um, we've got Spurs versus Palace. Obviously, Spurs coming to, to all in the London derby where they looked shit, but also fairly good. Kane's obviously scored some goals tonight, which is never a bad thing. Against Palace, who uh, got a 1-0 win over Villa. And somehow like fourth or fifth or something. They are somehow fourth. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, um, Spurs, Spurs need to win this um, after the back of that uh, Arsenal game where I said they've, I felt like they should have won. So, yeah, I, I would say Spurs. I'm Spurs too. Yeah, Spurs as well. Uh, for what it's worth, they, they weren't just poor against I thought they were dog shit in the second half. It's clearly second best overall. Very fortunate. Palace have a good record as well against top they six. Do. They do. It's a similar thing. Strangely good it's record. It's a similar thing. Away, they get to play without the ball. And what that happens is that Zaha and even Ayu at the moment can exploit in behind. And Tottenham haven't looked themselves defensively obviously they've got big problems at right back um, God knows who they're going to play in that position and I'm not convinced that Alderweireld and uh, Vertonghen have really found their footings yet this season um, I want to see Eric Dyer at right back oh mate <laughs> against against Zaha fuck me he's going to be playing against someone there isn't he is this is actually a thing no but I just, oh, I, I just get the feeling I thought this was being that, spouted around in the media or something. I just get the feeling that Eric Dyer is the utility man you know what I mean and, yeah. and he's going to sit there and he's going boss I can do a job there son I can do it just believe in me you know the ever able lieutenant mm. <laughs> uh, then we've got Wolves Wolverhampton Wanderers fresh off of a 3-2 loss to Everton the mighty Toffees and they are playing Chelsea now, I've got a stat on Chelsea. Oh, God. Now, did you know this season, Kepa Arizabalaga 
has the worst save percentage in the Premier League at 44%. He's the only goalkeeper to have saved less than 50% of the shots that he's faced. Spanish number one, mate. Just thought I'd right, I, I saw out. this tweet. It was from a Manchester United fan that tweeted that as well. Um, it, they're, they're, they're desperate at the moment. It's all good. It's all... Mate, it's Statman yeah, Dave, mate. who is a Manchester Statman United Dave, fan. Um, Statman Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got an agenda. It's fine. It's fine. He's a little bit upset that De Gea is second best in Spain. It's all right because you ain't going to have to worry about that come next summer. When, you, when your number one's like the geezer that's in net for Sheffield United. Taking that lovely <laughs> bait. <laughs> um, yeah, he's not had a great season for what it's worth. Um, I, I think um, a lot of the shots he has faced have been pretty good shots for him to not to be saving. But there was one the other week. Chocolate wrists, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Like You get a hand to something, you've got to keep it out. I, this is an awful game for Chelsea to come back off the international break, going to Molyneux. Um, I'm going to take Wolves. I, 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 this is the kind of game that I think Chelsea will struggle in. I'm also taking Wolves. I think it'll be frantic. I think it'll be a classic Chelsea game in terms of they'll come out and then they might tire over the course of the game. Um, so I'm going to say draw. Going for that draw. Um then we've got Norwich, Norwich City losing West Ham, losing to West Ham 2-0 in the last outing versus Manchester City 4-0 victors at Brighton as we or playing Brighton as we talked about earlier. Well, we didn't talk about it earlier. I mentioned it earlier in passing. Whilst I've been wasting everyone's time, what is your prediction? Laporte or no Laporte, I think City win this. And there's no Laporte. <laughs> uh, Manchester City are winning this game. Pookie will score, City will score more. And I, bite. I hope that's the case. Several. I hope that's the case too. Sunday football ones that works. Good. I I could see them getting five, seven, seven, five, five. Yeah. Okay, seven. That that is a drubbing. <laughs> so fun. Very nice. Uh, Bournemouth versus Everton. This is two o'clock on Sunday. Lee, I hope for a win. Um, is that Bournemouth though? Bournemouth are decent at home. Uh, I, I, I'll say a draw. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the fence today quite a lot. That, that one, that one was just for Jackson, right? In terms of, have you heard where he's, he's been calling you out? Oh, oh yes. Do you remember? Yeah. This one, right? So Woods and Jackson were at our house the other weekend, and Jackson had a comment about you on the show. Our good friend Matthew Jackson. Apparently, that Lee Collard loves a draw, loves to predict a draw, always <laughs> on that fence. Is it, isn't that a Lauro thing? Doesn't Mark Lawrison done that with his, with his predictions? I swear he's a drawer as well. Well, apparently Jackson pops for it, man. When he gets the collar, the the, the classic collard fence sitting draw, mate. Loves those splinters as well, does he? Loves them splinters, man. Yeah, I'm saying draw. No, <laughs> loves it. <laughs> Nothing changes. Nothing changes. I'm gonna go for Everton, and I think that Moise Kern is gonna turn up and score <laughs> his first Everton goals. Moise. Goals. Goals uh, with an S. He's getting two. Ooh. I'd, I'd love that. Bournemouth. Yeah. So we've got, oh, we've got all across the board there. <laughs> all across the board. Very nice. So I'm just calling Woods a wanker. Yes, yes, you Over are. Over the camera. Um, half four kickoff on a Sunday. We've got Watford, obviously drawing one of one all with, uh, and what did Watford do? They drew one all with Newcastle. Poor, unlucky Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> and they're facing Arsenal. Arsenal with a bit of verve in there, a bit of a spring in their step after the North London derby. And that is Arsenal away, so I will. Oh, I want to say a bounce back manager effect because it's a, a manager they've had before. I'm not too sure if that's going to. I'm going to go with a draw, mate, because I think there'll be a bit of a bounce. I'm going to go Arsenal. I'm having Arsenal as well. And then Monday night football. 
returns. The Clarets. With the mighty Villa versus the even mightier West Ham. Is that the Claret Derby? Can you? Who does? Um, blue Derby. Who plays up front for West Ham? Halle. Halle. Oh. Halle. Um, I just really like saying that. I like funny words. So. I reckon you might score in this game. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think there'll be goals. Monday night, I would usually pick West Ham because I think they are the better team. But Monday night away, I think it'll be a draw. I think Everton experienced it at um, Villa Park under the floodlights. Yeah. You know, there's a great atmosphere at Villa Park. So I'm having draw as well. Um, I, I will also sit on the fence again and, and go draw. Just Scoring draw, 2-2. Two, two. I was going to see how many draws you've predicted for today. <laughs> One... Two, three, four draws. Four draws. That's almost a 50%. That's a 50% draw ratio. 50% draw ratio. Wowzers. Right, winners and chumps, last segment of the show. Talk to me. I'll go very quickly. I'm going to be a bit of a shout out for Liechtenstein. Yeah, that's right. Liechtenstein. How often do you feel we're going to talk about Liechtenstein again? Um, They lost 19 games in a row. And then they go and get a plucky draw against Greece. And Greece are no, no mugs. I mean, obviously, they're not very good anymore. But... I think that's quite respectable for 19 on, on, the, on the bounce to uh, not win and then go away to, to Greece. Population of like 40,000, couldn't even fit into Greece's Olympic Stadium. So yeah, my winners are Liechtenstein. Cool. Woods? Um, I've just seen that Ronaldo's banged four tonight. Uh, oh, um, let me tell you who my winner w- women is. Women or? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Let's look, fellas, I, I'm going to choose Ronaldo as my winner then. I didn't have one. I don't care. Okay. I love Ronaldo. He scored four. He's, He's on 93 international goals now. Sounds like a winner to me. Um, I, is anyone is it one geezer ahead of him now or something? Uh, oof, uh, is, I, I've, you know, I don't know. I thought he had more than 93, to be honest. Um, that's what I've seen tonight. 93. 93, yeah, is, 93 is quite a lot, to be fair. Yeah, it's, it's it's disappointed. Solid, solid disappointed with his 93. Uh, I'm going to go... Good job we didn't play for England at the World Cup. <laughs> I'm going to go with Holland, uh, who uh, humbled the Germans in Germany, no less, um, which I enjoy immensely. Um, I have a soft spot for the, the Dutch national team, as I'm sure that you both do as well. Um, and I do not like the German national team. Uh, so any time that they get beaten, especially by arch rivals, it's delicious. Uh, so yeah, Holland. Yeah, good shout. Give me a chump. Uh, my chump, um, slightly controversial, um, but I've gone for someone who's picked up two wins this, this week, uh, and that's Ryan Giggs uh, and Wales. Um, they've beaten Azerbaijan 2-1 and Belarus 1-0. Um, these teams are proper shit. And there, there seems to be a thing um, that's out there at the moment that, you know, Giggs isn't up to the standard. And, and if you're not picking up decent results against those likes of those teams, uh, you know, I think it's a little bit to be worried about. So whilst they have picked up uh, six points, and, and I watched one, uh, the Azerbaijan game and it was terrible. Smells like a, a, a McLaren-level performance. Yeah, it's got. It's kind of maybe. I can see where you're going with those vibes. Um, you know, look, he's, he's basically he's had what a, a few, a few games in in charge of a, of, a, of a team and then gone to manage the national team. It's, it seems a bit, a bit crazy. Fair, Woods, Chumpy. Scotland, absolute <laughs> fucking banter nation, mate. I'd have Ollie McBurney as my winner, though, for calling it that, they, you know, they are shit. They are proper shit, aren't they? They are terrible, mate. Terrible. They're out. They're finished. Stick a fork in them. They ain't going to Euro 2020. They're going to sit on their sofas. I know they've got their backdoor route, haven't they? Potentially. The let's let's not fucking kid it. They ain't getting through the backdoor in that, mate. 
They are dreadful. Uh, they haven't been to a tournament in uh, 21 years now. Uh, in that time, both Wales and Northern Ireland have obviously been to one as well as uh, the Republic of Ireland. Um, and yeah, it, it just continues. It continues. They've got two uh, two top players um, in their team, other than uh, McTominay, um, who, you know, solid. Uh, their two best players play in the same position, left back. They have got uh, Kieran Tierney and um, obviously Andy Robertson. Robertson. <laughs> what the fucking chances that Scotland's two best players are left backs? What a disaster for them. Uh, but I, for one, am personally enjoying their plight. So um, enjoy watching us next summer uh, lifting the trophy at Wembley. Is this on your list of like hated nations and you know joining Germany? You just mentioned Scotland a few times. Uh, you know what? Like Scotland is <laughs> because they fucking hate us. They go fuck themselves. Um. <laughs> There's all our Scottish <laughs> listeners gone. <laughs> yeah, bye. Yeah. So yeah. There's I don't. I don't. The, the chump for me for, for for the time has been me. For, for not liking football. For just international dullness. I don't so care. so next week then we're going to have a rejuvenated and upbeat Cardinal Edwards. Potentially. Wait, when they when they well, beat have, Leicester three 0 brochure to talk about. <laughs> when they beat Leicester maybe you should take a back. leaf out of his. Maybe you should take a leaf out of Owen's brochure, and, and you know, and start taking on board. You know, some of these. You know, what clean cut? Yeah, be clean cut for the cool, yeah. good looking. They all last when ain't happening, bro. Um, yeah, there's the show, boys and girls. Um, obviously, as as ever, you can follow us on Twitter. You can check us out on Facebook. Find us all at a pot of two halves. You can subscribe, like, fucking do whatever you want on iTunes and Spotify and Podbean and Stitcher and all these other things. We're everywhere. Give us a like, give us a rating, give us a review, but more importantly, give us your time. Give us the time to move you. <laughs> yeah? So what song are we getting Lee to hum us out on today? Uh, football's coming home. Literally what I was thinking. Me, me, me and him... Tonight, we, everything he says is in my head. It's in wow, my head. it's only taken 48 weeks. <laughs> I know, but we're there. <laughs> we're um, there, man. What do you want, 96 or 98 version? Uh, 96, mate, original. The classic, the, classic, yeah. the original. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, I want to do the commentary at the beginning, you know. <laughs> it's, not, it's not creative enough and it's not positive enough. <laughs> it's coming home, it's coming home, it's coming Football's coming, coming home. home. Yeah. There we go. You're not getting any more out of me. I thought you were going to sing the entire thing. <laughs> Three lines on a shirt. <laughs> the thing is, I also thought it was a humming. I didn't realise you were going to sing it. He sung last week, Oh, mate. sorry. Man, he I, did sing I, last I, week. I've been singing every week, I swear. I've done, what, the world in motion rap? <laughs> well, <laughs> about five words of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, a couple of sentences. Annoyingly, after he did that, he then actually nailed it after oh. the, uh, off air. Devastating. In fact, no, 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 no. Let's, let's let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. I'm getting hot. You're getting hot because you got the pressure. The pressure, mate. The, the pressure. pressure. Oh, I'm the, getting a bead on it. Bead of sweat <laughs> running down his forehead. He's getting a bit red. Oh. Yeah, man. That's the show. That's the show. As ever, you can do all the things I said a second ago. We hope you had a lovely time, and we'll see you next week. Adios. It's coming home. Sports Social Podcast Network.